With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hi, everyone. No need to worry. We are back with another podcast uh, before the Australian Open Finals. I've, I've seen your tweets. I've heard, uh, read the comments. Steve and I are back. Steve Tigner, of course, and Ed McGrogan here to uh, talk about really the last uh, the last days of the Australian Open. It's obviously wound down uh, since we, we last got together. And we know the women's final, Steve. Uh, it's a very familiar matchup. Serena Williams, Maria Sharapova, one versus two. Um, as of this recording, we know half of the men's final. That's Andy Murray, and um, he'll get either Stan Wawrinka or Novak Djokovic. Um, we'll get to the, the guys after. Let's we'll start with what we know about the women. And uh, you're going into the semifinals you know, you, like I'm sure many of the people picked Sharapova and Serena to advance, um, and they did both in straight sets. Um, you know, did anything from those matches, though, you know, did, basically did those matches play out the way you thought they did? Because there was a lot to both of them. <clears throat> yeah, they did. Um, Maybe not a lot to the Sharapova-Makarova match, mean, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, there wasn't too much of that. I yeah. guess you would have thought, you know, there was a the potential that Makarova could do more. She's beaten you know, most of the other top players and this is her second straight Grand Slam semifinal. So maybe you thought there'd be a, do a little more, but I didn't expect her to win. Sharapova just seems to have, you know, the answers for her. She's, they played six times. Makarova's won one set. I feel like she, Maria kind of negates any, anything that Makarova tries to do just by taking the ball earlier and hitting, and, you know, and, and out hitting her really. She doesn't seem to be bothered by her, by her being a lefty or, or any part of her game. So, but Makarova was just wasn't good. She wasn't good in the semis of the U.S. Open last year against Serena, and she was similar, similarly bad in this match. You know, makes me think that she's she doesn't quite you know believe that you know she's ready to go any further than that. You can see the ceiling, basically. Yeah. 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 As far as keys and Serena, I, I you know I think we we were wondering how keys would be with her thigh injury. In a way, I think it helped her because she was really just went after her shots. She didn't try to get in a, any rallies, really, and that's where she's at her best when she's just going for it. Um, but I think, the, you know, what not surprising that Serena found a way to win. I guess what was a little surprising was how dominant Keys could be from the baseline against Serena. She had hit ten more winners, almost as many aces. Um, you know, Serena still won the important points, and Madison couldn't keep it up in the second set, but. But there you could see the potential, real potential for Keys, and you know she's even able to out hit uh, Serena Williams. Um, you know that's that's probably the thing to to take away from that match the most. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you see 
a player uh, like he's, you know, getting out to that early lead against Serena and really just, um, you know, trading hold for hold as the first set wore on, you know, it, 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 we, I think you had questions, you know, whether about both players, you know, seeing, you know, can they really hold off the other person's artillery? And we usually only ask that question about, um, players that Serena is facing and, and Keyes just brings, you know, that sort of element to the, you know, the other side of the court there. Um, you know, overall people who had never heard of Keyes and I'm sure there's plenty of people who, you know, didn't until this tournament. I think that's a pretty, a pretty good thing for, um, you know, for not only her specifically, but really just for the game, uh, for obviously the, the cliched U S tennis, um, you know, and just and just kind of really just in uh, another new face in a gen a, a young I think overall generation of WTA players where you know we we saw kind of some meek endings to Bouchard Halep um, but in in that place you know you had Keys here with this with this run to the semis and some other nice stories as well so you know coming into this term I I was thinking about that for the WTA and it's it. it has worked out well for them that, that that really this is kind of I think a lot of people would say another star in the making. Yeah, you don't. I think you just can't know. Recent history, I think, would tell us you just can't know how Keys is going to progress. We Sloan Stevens made the semis. We thought she was the future. Bouchard and Halep last year they were the future. We'll see. They have you know, it's still early, but it's not as if they're dominating now. But now Keys, you know, you feel like. Okay, she's going to have a step back before she takes another step forward. So, so we'll see what the progress is. I think the one thing you can say for Keys is the is the her ability to create her own winners. That's that's really a a key among Grand Slam winners in, in women's tennis. Yeah, I mean, and really, my next question was about Sloan for that very reason. It's you know, I think the question kind of begs is how do you compare these two um, young American players that um, you know really obviously had their breakthrough moment at the Australian Open, did the exact same thing, got to the semifinals. Um, both of them have the ability to, you know, win, to really overpower from the baseline, uh, you know, in, in different ways. But um, but I just, you know, maybe we'll leave keys on this note as, you know, is thinking about those two and just um, and maybe a comparison of them. I think he's, uh, you know, I think Sloan is the better overall athlete and mover. I think Keys has the bigger serve and the bigger shots, and that's, I think, in the end, more important. I also think, you know, judging from the outside, that she has, she has less tendency to get negative, and more. She seems to just enjoy tennis more. Uh, Serena mentioned that you know that she has that desire, uh, Madison, and I think that's, you know, I think working with Lindsay Davenport, a sort of similar type of player, but also a uh, sort of a, somebody who can inspire her. I think that's an ideal situation for her. So I, I think the, you have to think for net, right now that the upside for her is higher for Keys. And and on that note, I think we'll move we'll move forward to you know the the final here, Maria versus Serena. And um, you know we know the lopsided head to head record. It's 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 pretty bad. It's it's probably it, it just keeps getting worse every time you kind of bring up this matchup here. Um, you know, do do we kind of give Maria any more of a shot here? Considering maybe, uh, I mean, she's played very well. At, basically, as it, 
when she escaped those two match points down in the second round, she has looked very well since that time. Um, you know, I would I would maybe consider that if if we were just con- if we were just taking into account some of the earlier play of this term where Serena really didn't kind of find herself yet, but but Serena's last two matches against um, Keys and against Dominika Sabolkova have been um, exactly what you would expect from Serena at in the money rounds of a slam. Um, you know, once she, I think I've read, you know, once she's gotten past the fourth round of the quarterfinals of the Aussie Open, she's never lost. Yeah, she's, you know, on the form of this tournament, you might say Sharapova has a better chance. But, you know, Serena's found that form. She doesn't really lose. She's never lost a Grand uh, Australian Open final, like you said. She, she's only lost three or four Grand Slam finals against 18 wins. Um, and she obviously has a huge edge on, on Sharapova. I think the last time they played in a Grand Slam final, there was a close two-setter at the French Open last year or two years ago. And I could see something like that uh, happening, where it wouldn't be necessarily a blowout, but but you know, it's just no way to pick against Serena right at the moment. Yep, I can't imagine uh, too many people will be for sure. Um, to the men's side, what we know right now: uh, Thomas Burdich, Andy Murray. Murray wins uh, that semifinal in four sets. Um, really, kind of. Uh, Getting to a whole other gear after a uh, first set tiebreaker loss. Um, there's also some some things exchanged between, not necessarily between the two, but it it's certainly been made into a big story of um, kind of what was happening a changeover there um, with Burdich. You know, I think just really kind of pumping himself up, or maybe just uh, kind of in the moment saying something. Murray took some some umbrage with it, said something to Pascal Maria, the chair umpire. And after that point, um, you know, Burdich kind of really falls apart pretty quickly, um, makes kind of makes an ending of it uh, in the fourth set. But, you know, the story of this match to me was, um, was really Murray, uh, Murray's returning, which has always been his strength. And it, com- it really completely negated most of what Burdich does well. And that's, uh, you know, his serving and along the baseline, his, Murray's, you know, defense really just, you know, Burdich was just unable to get by it on a consistent enough basis. And, you know, we can get into both guys here, but to, to me, that's really what this match boiled down to. Yeah, I think from the Burdich side, you would say that he's improved his game now this week, but he's still, you know, in this match, he, he sort of showed that, you know, he's a, he doesn't have, he's not as good a competitor as Andy Murray. Burdich wins the first set on Murray, like you said, and then says something to Murray. You know, there's just no reason to do that there. If you lose the first set, maybe that's when you vent. But if you win it, why do you immediately get Murray fired up again? And then Murray goes on to win the second set, 6-0. That's almost as if Burdich had become too confident or something, or you know, was, was suddenly over, you know, overdoing it. Um, and then on the on the you know, Sorry, Murray, before, I, before you get to Murray, actually, you know, as we as we talk about Burdich, I think you know, looking at his kind of down the future, maybe the long term, because you know he's obviously not a, a young player by any means compared to some of the players on tour. Um, I think twenty nine right now, uh, but I think I think for the most part, you could say that Burdich may have you know with his play this fortnight, I think probably won some new fans over. But and I think 
for the for those and for those who want to see Burdich do well, I think they really kind of have to hope that this serves as really like a a kick to a, a something of a motivator that he hasn't experienced before. He's reached a Grand Slam final. He's reached the Australian Open semifinals. He did it last year, but after none of those after none of those losses did did it really seem that he took the next step to kind of correct that and. You know, we saw last year with Stan Wawrinka what really a, a, clo- a really close series of losses did to his motivation and what he wanted to do in the game. And you know, with Burdich, you know, making pretty significant changes to his coaching team, and you know, seemingly, I think, realizing where he stands in his career and and you know, maybe what he has and what he hasn't done in the game. I think that's what you you know will turn out to be one of the bigger stories this year is where does he go from here? Yeah, I think Burdich uh, he did what he has done a bunch of times in the past. He came up with one big win, but he couldn't come up with two. He beat you know in 2010 he beat Federer in the quarters uh, at Wimbledon and he lost the final to Nadal. In 2012 he beat Federer in the quarters at the U.S. Open. He lost to semi to Murray. This time he beat Nadal in the quarters and he lost to Murray again. So it doesn't seem you know the the guy he beat was different, but the res- end result was you know was similar. Let's move on to Murray, who gets the win. Um, you know, looking very, I mean, really looking exceptional throughout most of of this match of the Fortnite. I think he's lost just two sets. I want to say, um, like I said, served very well, but you know, really overall, it it seems like this is the this is the Andy Murray that we got used to seeing a few years ago when uh you know when he really made that leap to from great player to grand slam champion yeah i think this this tournament has shown to me what murray can be when he has something to prove and when he's not playing one of the big three you know he i feel like he played when he played curios at night he had to be tough in the face of the fans um he had something to prove there he had something that he needed to sort of face up to and with burdich there was the matter of Burdich has his old coach, Danny Valverde, his old friend, and Murray has a new coach. So in that sense, he had, an, he had something else to prove, and he looked you know, as fired up as he, as he ever has. And in those situations, Murray is a really tough guy to beat um, and really seems like a mentally, like a, a mentally tough player, Very different from when he plays the dollar Djokovic uh, necessarily. But, but I think you know, we'll see if he can do that one more time. But you know that's been impressive to see his mindset that way, and that he can, in a way, he can beat almost anyone when he had in that mindset. Yeah, I think what you know what I hope for, and I think what others could you know could also say the same is that you know looking back on Murray's three previous finals at the Australian Open, two against Djokovic, one against Federer. Um, none of those matches did we get really a performance to write home about for Andy Murray. In some cases, they weren't very good at all. Um, you know, the Federer final, I remember that being a total mismatch until I believe a tiebreaker that ended 12-10, um, you know, to end the match. And that was, you know, a straight set match. Um, to me, I, I certainly hope it's true that it's hard to, to me not to see him giving his best run in the Australian Open final, because I think it would be you know, pretty deflating if, if that didn't come to pass, um, he certainly looks, uh, you know, like I said, kind of past everything from what ailed him in 2014. He's going to get a great 
he's going to get a great opponent either way, no matter who wins this. But I think that's the one sort of final thought on Murray. And, uh, and you know, maybe while we're, you know, like I said, by the time this podcast goes up, we're going to see Djokovic or Varinka winning it. We may as well just see what you think and see if it actually happens. What do you think will happen in that match? Djokovic, oh, well, that's a tough one. I mean, that's a, you know, obviously I think that's a, that's a toss-up. Djokovic is the steadier player. He's won. He has a huge lead in their head-to-head. He's won. This, this is his favorite tournament. But you know when, you know Stan, when he gets in a certain mode, he seems as confident as anybody. He seems to really believe he can beat anybody. He seemed to me to be in that mode against Nishikori in the last round um, until the very end. So I don't know. I might pick Djokovic just on basically on the percentages that he's going to win. You know most of these types of matches, um, but really I think it's a I think it's a toss up. Is there anything you needed to add on Murray there? I think I may have uh, cut you off there, but I think you can agree that it would be uh, it would be a nice start to the year for sure to see. Um, you know, and I think really it, it kind of brings back that conversation that seems to come and go about. Murray's place in the game overall. I think he's actually going to be ranked back in the top four um, for whatever people want to say about the big four, if it's if it's still the, the force that it is. Um, Stan will have something to say about that one way or another coming up. But, but, you know, overall, and, you know, you and I will get back together to talk about this when the tournament's over. Um, you know, the Australian Open, I think, yet again, is kind of setting the table very nicely for the year. And, and it's... It, the tournament just does not seem to disappoint. No. I think Murray, um, I mean, in a way, he's done, he's had a great tournament, but if he doesn't win it, he goes back to being, you know, it, it is a pretty big disappointment. If he loses to Vavrinka, it's almost as if he's gotten to the final and ended up getting kicked out of the big four because he loses to Vavrinka. If he loses to Djokovic, then it's sort of the status quo. Um, but I would, but I don't think you can expect Murray. To have to come out flat in that match, he's since he, you know, in the past couple of years anyway, he's beaten Djokovic in big Grand Slam finals. So that's obviously a possibility. That is very true. Wimbledon and the Open for his only two titles. Um, thank you, Steve. We will uh, follow you for the next uh, remaining nights at the Aussie uh, with the men's semi, both finals. Uh, grades afterward and we'll get back to the podcast as well um hope to join us then thank you for listening uh this is ed mcgrogan tennis.com podcast you've been enjoying the tennis.com podcast for all the latest news and events head over to tennis.com